so much is wrong with everyone's perspective. It is such a selective use of, of when you think one thing is just and one thing is noble and another is an occupation and another is a, an indigenous people uh, fighting for liberation versus uh, uh, an imperial or occupying force. A and everything and everyone moves so quickly that it's it's frightening. It is, it is genuinely frightening to me, to, to my core, to, to be online for a period of time and see how fast groupthink can occur and how quickly everyone will suddenly just get in line w w and, and justify atrocities, justify war crimes, you know, in, in, in all directions. And, and honestly, it, no matter what happens, one thing will be certain is that the, the death toll and the suffering uh, of the uh, Palestinian people that will come from this is, is going to be horrifying, horrifying. Today is indigenous people's day in the United States. These are the indigenous people of the southern parts of Israel that the Hamas fighters were attacking over the past few days. That's the first thing. The second thing is I think that we're about to see a paradigm shift. The idea that you can coop up five million people, put them behind war walls, tighten the siege on them, uh, use an eyedropper to allow them some food, some water, some electricity. That idea has exploded uh, as a result of the horrific events of the past two and a half days. Um, this cannot continue. It's not just a matter of occupation. We have to recognize that you cannot treat an entire people the way Israel, not just under this neo-fascist government, but under all of its previous governments, have treated them. You cannot expel three-quarters of a million people in 1948 and not expect the return of the repressed. You cannot commit daily violence against Palestinians. One Palestinian has died every day this year, in fact, slightly more, in the occupied West Bank. Uh, you cannot expect that not to lead to a reaction. The reaction will be violent. The reaction sometimes may include things that are unquestionably war crimes. But that kind of pressure put on an entire people over three quarters of a century will necessarily, inevitably bring a violent reaction. Um, I'm not going to be one of the streams or content producers who's, uh, you know, celebrating the deaths of civilians or civilian casualties or, the, you know, the horrifying events that took place. It's obviously uh, war crimes and it's obviously devastating. And, uh, yeah, there were a small selection of people online, uh, a lot of them, you know, like white leftists uh, being like, uh, you know, th this is uh, the, the liberation against the settlers while they're literally living in, you know, homes in uh, America and shitting all over land back movements half the time uh, it, it can get uh, incredibly frustrating to, to watch any of that shit happen so yeah in the strongest possible terms uh, I, will, I will condemn the horrifying actions of the slaughter of civilians with that in context people saying that a whole bunch of people were killed innocent people who were attending the music festival that, that the very framing of that sentence should should make some people understand that on the other end of this asymmetrical warfare, if you can even call it that at this point, because we're talking about an open-air prison where nearly half the population is children, and we're talking about millions, nearly two million people, who are living in an open-air prison, many of them children, like again, nearly half of them now being bombed, absolutely bombed, with the full-fledged support of every powerful nation uh, in NATO standing behind, you know, the actions of the Israeli government uh, because 
of the horrifying atrocities committed by the terrorist organization within uh, that group. At how does one frame this? Like, how, how, do, how does anyone in their right mind... Like, yeah, I saw a lot of people calling out, you know, people online for, for their takes, while at the same time suddenly taking a step back to the fact that there is radio silence on this shit 365 days a year. There is no music festivals in Gaza where uh, of that scale where people can uh, where innocent uh, people in Gaza can can be bombed they barely have electricity a lot of the time the majority of their food is, is brought in uh, through international aid uh, the the majority of their support is as well uh, again we're, we're talking about people living in, in, in the most inhumane uh, horrifying conditions on a daily fucking basis where there are children being killed on a repeated basis you see it on 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 very very few networks you might if you watch democracy now sure you, you'll you'll get a, a yearly account of how horrifying things are uh, in the gaza strip outside of that there is no nbc cnn abc all of them fox news all in tandem suddenly reporting on horrifying crimes there there is uh, one direction in which the media reports on this and it's it's always when hamas uh, commits uh, uh, you know, war crimes, then all of a sudden it, it gets international news and it's all over the place. And then every single politician stands up in, in unison while ignoring the, the rest of the year, uh, the conditions uh, of, of the people. The, the, like, again, it, it, it's so fucking depressing sometimes to be following on a consistent basis what is happening in this region of the world and and see the radio silence that goes on from from politicians from from mainstream media from all of that kind of shit uh and then this is the only time that anyone ever focuses on this this is the only time that anyone and then it's always used as a precursor for more atrocities and more war crimes cutting off all food and electricity to a people who are already immensely suffering is war crimes bombing the fuck out of buildings then in which are filled with civilians as the rumble hits the ground are war crimes if every single time it's like well yes but that that, that building was loaded with uh hamas terrorists uh, so that we, we had to target it how many times has that been the precursor or the justification for this and then afterwards when the numbers come out it's like uh the people in that building were civilians and uh al jazeera a news outlet and and it'll be like well they were given warning to to evacuate beforehand because there were they were believed to have been hamas terrorists inside and then another building fucking falls to the ground another building crumbles uh another hospital loses power uh i, I like it, it it's just never ending all fucking year with no eyes on it no 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 sympathy no no empathy all of that turns off and if anything now the empathy is is all but gone and, and people are sitting back every single anti-war fucking republican was a neocon all along wow the ending of scooby-doo fucking uh, it was you the whole time what a surprise every, every single person who's been advocating for ukrainian resistance against an imposing force is suddenly well uh yes we we have to bring them to heal and and, and it's it's honestly disgusting i i i, I like everyone else uh, just the barrage uh, of the horrors online obviously just get completely disillusioned with the human experience in the process and then yeah and fund them and fund them uh, like the, so much is wrong with everyone's perspective it is such a selective 
use of, of when you think one thing is just and one thing is noble and another is an occupation and another is a, an indigenous people uh, fighting for liberation versus uh, uh, an imperial or occupying force. A and everything and everyone moves so quickly that it's it's frightening. It is it is genuinely frightening to me, to, to my core, to, to be online for a period of time and see how fast groupthink can occur and how quickly everyone will suddenly just get in line w w and, and justify atrocities, justify war crimes, you know, in, in, in all directions. And, and honestly, it, no matter what happens, one thing will be certain is that the, the death toll and, and the suffering uh, of the uh, Palestinian people that will come from this is, is going to be horrifying, horrifying. And, and and afterwards, when whenever enough countries finally say, "Okay, enough of us, enough," we demand a ceasefire. It, I mean, this isn't even like the '90s. This is this is infinitely more depressing right now because there is no concerned global effort to try and bring, a, like, never mind a two-state solution, any any form of a solution. This has been a tolerated again open-air prison for so long that yes, when when a horrifying atrocity is like like this is committed against a whole bunch of Israeli citizens, suddenly it, it's full justification ahead full full justification ahead for world governments who who have stood behind in silence watching this have stood beside and and funding it in large part is the other the other like horrifying thing from all of this funding this the, just continuously giving more aid and and, and military aid and, and an unbelievable amounts of, of mechanisms of death and destruction uh to an apartheid state that that is currently imposing their will on people who are being ethnically cleansed and and, and the silence the absolute silence until something like this happens and every politician suddenly has the strongest of opinions and, and this needs to be known and talked about immediately. <sighs> every time I go to live updates, uh, Israel Hamas war live news, Israeli shelling kills for Hezbollah members, Palestinian death toll in Gaza in the West Bank 704, Israel has killed 704 Palestinians in the Gaza Strip in the West Bank since October 7th, according to the health ministry in Gaza, 687 dead confirmed, 140 of them children, 105 women, 3,800 injured in the West Bank, 17 dead through them children. Uh, Biden directs coordination with Israel in all aspects of the crisis. So what does that mean? U.S. President Biden has met with top officials in his cabinet, including Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, to discuss the situation in the Middle East. The White House also said Biden will speak with close allies about the latest developments. He directed his team to follow up coordination with Israel in all aspects of the crisis and continue their work with regional partners to warn anyone who might seek to take advantage of the situation. Air attacks in Gaza is just the beginning. Hard days are coming for Israel. Netanyahu adds the current bombardment of Gaza is just the beginning. With elaborating further, I think hard days are coming for Gaza. He added as Israel will do everything uh, to free the captives being held in Gaza, but warned hard days are coming. Uh, we read that. Israel is now targeting, targeting medical teams and hospitals. Gaza Health Ministry. Gaza's Ministry of Health says that Israel has extended the scope of its attack to include medical crews and hospitals. We ask that humanitarian corridor is open to allow medical supplies to reach hospitals in the Gaza Strip. So, one quick thing for some context I want to explain. Uh, this was a story done by Mediasan a while ago that was uh, obviously reported by On the Intercept. Uh, and it's about the formation of Hamas. Did you know that Hamas, which is uh, an acronym for the Islamic Resistance Movement, would probably not exist today were it not for the Jewish state? That the Israelis helped turn a bunch of fringe Palestinian Islamists in the 1970s into one of the world's most notorious militant groups. That Hamas 
is blowback. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is to former Israeli officials such as uh, General uh, Yitzhak uh, Segev, who was the Israeli military governor in Gaza in the early 1980s. Segev told a New York Times reporter that he had helped finance the Palestinian Islamic movement as a counterweight to the secularists and leftists of the Palestinian Libera uh, Liberation Organization and the Fatah Party, led by Yasser Arafat, who referred to him, uh, who referred to Hamas as a creature of Israel. The Israeli government gave me the budget, the retired brigad uh, brigadier general confessed, and the military government gives the mosques. Hamas, to my great regret, is Israel's creation. Uh, Avner Cohen, a former Israeli religious affairs official who worked in Gaza for more than two decades, told the Wall Street Journal in 2009. Back in the mid-1980s, Cohen even wrote an official report to his superiors warning them not to play divide and rule in occupied territories. By backing Palestinian Islamists against Palestinian secularists, I suggest focusing our efforts on finding ways to break up this monster before reality jumps in our face. They didn't listen to him, and Hamas, as I explained in the fifth installment of my short series today on The Intercept on blowback, was the result. To be clear, first, the Israelis helped build up a militant strain of Palestinian political Islam in the formation of Hamas and its Muslim Brotherhood precursors. Then the Israelis switched back, uh, switched tact and tried to bomb, besiege, and blockade it out of existence. In the past decade alone, Israel has gone to war with Hamas three times, 2009, 2012, 2014, killing around 2,500 Palestinian civilians in Gaza in the process. Meanwhile, Hamas has killed far more Israeli civilians than any secular Palestinian militant group. This is the human cost of the blowback. When I look at the chain of events, I think we made a mistake. David Hakim, a former um, uh, Arab affairs minister in the Israeli military, who was based in Gaza in the 1980s, later remarked, but at the time, nobody thought about the possible results. They never do, do they? A very similar thing that happens with uh, the formation of far-right uh, Islamic extremist groups and the United States uh, and their forms of imperialism in the Middle East. Now, as of just now, we're imposing a complete siege on Gaza. Israel's defense minister, uh, Yov Gallant, orders a total blockade of Gaza, leaving them with, quote, no electricity, no food, and no fuel. We are imposing a complete siege on Gaza. There will be no electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything will be closed. We are fighting against human animals, and we are acting accordingly. The very act of calling them human animals you can see the dehumanization happening and being completely repeated and broadcast on mainstream news here in the west um without any criticism uh any pushback and yeah like i said there's 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 like there's no spins here there's there's no bits there's there's, there's nothing of, of any nature to even find remotely funny in any of this like i said the, the seeing everything that was taking place you just know that it's going to result in the mass loss of life. And cutting off, like, food, fuel, and electricity. I mean, we've already had statements from uh, organizations like Doctors Without Borders about this. And Doctors Without Borders, uh, for making what you would consider to be a very uncontroversial release about this, obviously was getting bombed in the replies by so many people. Following the escalation between Israel and Gaza, Israeli forces struck the enclave Indonesian hospital and an ambulance in front of Nasser Hospital in southern Gaza. The strike killed one nurse, one ambulance driver, injured several and damaged an oxygen station. We've been supporting both hospitals since 2021 and 2011 respectively. Healthcare facilities cannot become targets. We ask that all parties to respect health and infrastructure, which must remain a sanctuary for people seeking treatment. The scale of this new round of hostilities must not be underestimated, with Palestinian and Israeli authorities reporting massive casualties all over Israel and Gaza. Now to southern Israel over the border where Israel says it's sending military reinforcements. It's called up 300,000 reservists where it's preparing for a major assault. 
The military's been reporting that it's retaken control of the border towns, which were overrun by Hamas fighters on Saturday morning. The army says some isolated fighting is ongoing. The state of Israel and the army are now responding to a criminal and cruel attack by Hamas. The intrusion of terrorists into the private homes of civilians, from people in the Gaza Strip, and the taking of women and children. This is murderous terrorism. Therefore, we are attacking, pursuing and harming anyone who took part in it. And that's how we'll continue. I know that the past day has been hard. The price is heavy. I know that there are many questions and much frustration. But the important thing, we are now focusing on going forward with assistance and resolving problems. We have civilians, security forces, our soldiers killed, injured, some of them are in the hands of the enemy. Charles Stratford is our correspondent in southern Israel. He's in Netavot there. Charles, first of all, talk us a lot, talk us through the troops. And by the way, when, like, you know, there were posts related to, you know, uh, people in Gaza being asked to leave uh, before, you know, military procedures began, a, a number of people rightfully said, and myself included, leave to where? And the responses, the fucking replies, uh, just go to Egypt. Why don't they all leave to Egypt? You know, the, the, you know, traditionally they would just leave the Gaza Strip to Egypt. First off, how? What? What mechanism? Is is there a fleet of boats waiting to safely transport people to Egypt uh, across the water? And, and and secondly, like in in what world are you doing the just fucking move to to people who who are experiencing like complete and utter devastation and poverty? When half the population is children, are, are, are children suddenly just going to mobilize in that case? You've been seeing building up, massing there on the southern border. Yeah, Laura, it can only really be described as a massive troop build-up. The weaponry that you can see behind me now, these are Israeli APCs, armoured personnel carriers, of course, designed to take infantry soldiers into the battlefield and protect them as much as possible. In addition to those APCs, what I'm looking at now, in front of me, I can see soldiers coming in on Humvees, Jeeps, Range Rovers. We are seeing an increasing troop build-up um, as, as we go into night. We've seen tanks, uh, mobile artillery pieces, self-propelled uh, mobile artillery pieces, big guns. So, in all intents and purposes, it does seem as if there is going to be some sort of invasion into Gaza. Um, and if these troops and if this equipment is anything to go by, then it's pretty large scale. Meanwhile, the airstrikes continue. It's an incessant barrage of booms that we hear, smoke rising behind me along the Gaza Strip border, which is a, a couple of kilometres in that direction. It's fighter jet after fighter jet coming from this direction round. Yeah, it is. I agree. It's going to be absolutely devastating in addition to an area that's already absolutely devastated. That, like, that's that's one of the most horrifying aspects of this. When we were covering what was going on in Gaza during COVID, for example, all the stories that were coming out about how there were multiple centers that had been bombed uh, as a result of them targeting Hamas, which is usually the excuse to target uh, large-scale buildings and level them to the ground. Uh, and some of those targets included centers for testing. And, and like it was like in the midst of everything, all of us are in 
this weird world and all of our comforts and luxury, myself included, by the way. I'm sitting and I'm like, oh, yeah, life is kind of scary right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I get to work from home and I get to broadcast the same way I was doing before. And I just can't leave my house as much because of these lockdowns. And boy, it is really kind of, you know, weird that not all the shelves are constantly stocked because I'm used to all the shelves always being stocked. So I'm I'm certainly just a little bit a little bit weirded out by how fucked up the world just got all of a sudden out of nowhere in my comforts and luxury and enjoying watching Netflix when I'm not watching the news and stuff like that. And then meanwhile, it's like, here's some perspective here. here here's what's going on where, yeah, the, the one of the only testing centers for COVID in that region suddenly uh, has just been bombed. And as a result of that, now a lot of people in the spread of this uh, novel virus, of which we don't fully understand, you know, there is no vaccine in sight for that region of the world. In addition to what exactly everyday life is like, uh, for for living in an area where nearly half the population is children because so many people are constantly being killed and starved. Dropping their payloads, helicopter gunships as well, um, firing, firing rockets into the Gaza Strip. So, as I say, all indications are that they are gearing up, the Israeli military are gearing up for a serious um, escalation and, uh, and pushing into the Gaza Strip. Whether, in fact, it happens this evening or in the next 24 hours, 48 hours or so, remains to be seen. But in military speak, it certainly seems as if they are softening up um, their targets. Um, and it is the civilian population inside military Gaza speak, that, of course, is suffering the most. Absolutely, up. Charles. As you Ugh, I hate all those kind of things when they use terms like cannon fodder and stuff like that. Um, Democracy Now!, as per usual, has been doing really, really good coverage of everything and, and platforming a lot of different voices. Um, this was a very interesting interview. I played at the start of the stream. This is a couple minutes of it if you didn't watch. Israel wanted this violence. In 2017, Smotrich was then a, a, a member of the Knesset, but at the moment, unfortunately, this a, a racist thug is a minister, a minister of finance, but as well minister within the defense ministry. He published six years ago, uh, and it is uh, explicit. You can read it, and uh, you can Google and read it. Yeah, this is a voice. It was entitled The Subjugation Plan, which boils down to three. First, the Palestinian occupied territories should be annexed to Israel as a whole without granting basic rights to the Palestinians. Second, those Palestinians who do not agree to live under this subjugation are going to be expelled from their homeland. And third, those Palestinians who are going to resist are going to be killed. The, what we see now, and the, uh, the coup, by the way, that the government of Israel has been carrying out to, uh, within Israel, all of those are means to that goal. The goal is to realize the, uh, this horrific, racist, colonialist, fascist plan of Smotriches. And the attack on Gaza is part of it. They use the terrible, horrifying, unacceptable carnage in the southern of Israel as an excuse to uh, 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 attack Gaza as part of the realization of this fascist subjugation plan. And we should stand together, join forces, all peace lovers, Palestinians and Israelis, Arabs, Jews, and the international community. But 
One of the, the big reasons I recommend two big accounts, especially, you know, on what is left of Twitter, would be Breaking the Silence uh, as well as Jewish Voices for Peace, is that it uh, thoroughly disgusts me when people on either side of the political aisle start trying to directly associate the actions of the Israeli government with Jewish people. And because there is so many incredible Jewish people globally right now speaking out against the atrocities committed by the Israeli government towards Palestinians, one of the very interesting accounts, Breaking the Silence, uh, tells first-hand accounts of what they were doing as uh, soldiers. So, let me be crystal clear. Hamas committed crimes that should horrify any decent person. As people who firmly criticize the Israeli policy in Gaza and the West Bank on a daily basis, it is our duty to state things as they are. Hamas has blatantly violated humans' basic moral norms. It is impossible to justify the massacre of hundreds of civilians, even in the name of anti-colonial struggle or popular struggle. It is impossible to construct theoretical justifications for the kidnapping of mothers and their children or senior citizens or teenagers. The struggle for human rights does not differentiate between blood. The legitimacy of the struggle for rights of one nation cannot be the excuse of decimated rights of another. That is a basic principle, not only of international law, but of simple moral decency. Uh, without this, uh, le what is left is a cycle of blind and discriminated revenge. Those are some kind of twisted theoretical logic to try and justify a massacre. Almost everyone else knows who's killed, taken hostage, who spent hours in bomb shelters, fear for their lives. Uh, we dedicate our lives to end occupation and siege. Wait, I wonder why I find the... They have a link explaining their tactics. Hamas attacks in the event that unfolded since yesterday are unspeakable. We could talk about their cruel and criminal actions or focus on how our Jewish supremacist government brought us to this point. But as former Israeli soldiers, our job is to talk about what we were sent to do. So this is really fascinating. Israeli security policy for decades now has been to, quote, manage the conflict. Successive Israeli governments insist on round after round of violence as if none of it, as if any of it will make a difference. They talk about, quote, security, deterrence and changing the equation. All of these are code words for bombing the Gaza Strip to a pulp, always justified as targeting terrorists, yet always with heavy civilian casualties. In between these rounds of violence, we make life impossible for Gazans, and they act surprised when it all boils over. We talk about normalization with the UAE and now Saudi Arabia while hoping the world will turn a blind eye to the open-air prison we built in our backyard. Apart from the unfathomable violation of human rights, we've created a massive security liability for our own citizens. The questions Israelis are all asking is, where were the soldiers yesterday? Why was the IDF seemingly absent while hundreds of Israelis were slaughtered in their homes or on the streets? The unfortunate truth is they were preoccupied in the West Bank. We send soldiers to secure settler incursions into Palestinian city of Nablus. We chase Palestinian children to Hebron. We protect settlers as they carry out pogroms. Settlers demand the Palestinian flags are removed from the streets of Hurawa. Soldiers are sent to do it. Our country decided decades ago that it's willing to forfeit the security of our citizens and our towns and cities in favor of maintaining control over an occupied civilian popula uh, population of millions all for the sake of a cellular messianic agenda. The idea that we can manage the conflict without ever having to solve it is once again collapsing before our eyes. It, held, it was held up now because only a few dared to challenge it. These heartbreaking events could change that. They must for all of us between the river and the sea. Jewish Voices for Peace put out this statement. The root of violence is oppression. Right now, Palestinians, Israelis, and all of us with family on the ground are terrified for our loved ones. We grieve with the lives of those already lost and remain committed to a future where every life is precious and all people live in freedom and safety. Following 16 years of Israeli military blockade, Palestinian fighters from Gaza launched an unprecedented assault in which hundreds of Israelis were killed and wounded and civilians kidnapped. The Israeli government declared war, launching airstrikes, killing hundreds of Palestinians and wounding thousands, bombing residential buildings and threatening to commit war crimes against besieged Palestinians in Gaza. The Israeli government may have just declared war, but its war on Palestinians started 75 years ago. Israeli apartheid and occupation, the United States' complicity in that oppression, as well as Canada, and the source of all this is the source of all this violence. Reality shaped by when you start the clock. 
For the past year, the most racist, fundamentalist, far-right government in Israeli history has ruthlessly escalated its military occupation over Palestinians in the name of Jewish supremacy with violent expulsions and home demolitions, mass killings, military raids on refugee camps, unrelenting siege, and daily humiliation. In recent weeks, Israeli forces repeatedly stormed the holiest Muslim sites in Jerusalem. For 16 years, the Israeli government has suffocated Palestinians in Gaza under a draconian air, sea, and land military blockade, imprisoning and starving 2 million people and denying them medical aid. The Israeli government routinely massacres Palestinians in Gaza. Ten-year-olds who live in Gaza have already been traumatized by seven major bombing campaigns in their short lives. For 75 years, the Israeli government has maintained the military occupation over Palestinians operating in an apartheid regime. Palestinian children are dragged from their beds in pre-dawn raids by Israeli soldiers and held without charge in Israeli military prisons. Palestinian homes are torched by mobs of Israeli settlers or destroyed by the Israeli army. Entire Palestinian villages are forced to flee, abandoning the home and orchards of the land that they were in their family for generations. The bloodshed today of the past 75 years traces back to the U.S. complicity in the oppression and horror caused by the Israeli military occupation. The U.S. government consistently enables Israeli violence and, bl and bears blame for this moment. The unchecked military funding, diplomatic cover, and billions of dollars in private money flowing from the U.S. enables and empowers Israelis' apartheid regime. Those who continue calling for ironclad U.S. support for the Israeli military are only paving the path to more violence. From the U.S., there are no sidelines. We will uproot complicity where we are. We demand that the U.S. government immediately take steps to withdraw military funding to Israel and hold the Israeli government accountable for its gross violation of human rights and war crimes against Palestinians. We commit to escalating our campaign to boycott, divest, and have sanctions to end billions pouring money into Israeli war machine from corporations and private foundations. Inevitably, oppressed people everywhere will seek and again their freedom. We all deserve liberation, safety, equality. The only way to get there is by uprooting the sources of the violence, beginning with our own government's complicity. Uh, complicity. Um, so that, again, if you want to share that, is a message from the Jewish Voice for Peace organization who have been doing incredible work for a long time, opposing Israeli apartheid. From Ken Klippenstein, Egypt intelligence officials say these, uh, that the Israeli government ignored repeated warnings of something big coming, according to the Times of Israel. Mounting questions over Israel's massive intelligence failure to anticipate and prepare for the surprise Hamas assault were compounded Monday when Egyptian intelligence officials said that Jerusalem had ignored repeated warnings that the Gaza-based terror group was planning, quote, something big, which included an apparent direct notice from Cairo's intelligence minister to the prime minister. The Egypt official said Egypt, which often serves as a mediator between Israel and Hamas, had spoken repeatedly with the Israelis about, quote, something big without elaborating. He said Israeli officials were focused on the West Bank and played down the threat from Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government is made up of supporters of West Bank settlers who have demanded a security crackdown there in the face of a rising tide of violence over the last 18 months. We have warned them an explosion of the situation is coming and very soon and that would be big, but they underestimated such warnings. The official who spoke on condition of anonymity because he wasn't authorized to discuss the content of sensitive, uh, sensitive intelligent discussions with the media told the Associated Press. In one of those warnings, Egypt's intelligence minister, General Abbas Kamel, personally called Netanyahu only day 10 days before the massive attack. The Gazans were likely to do something unusual, a terrible operation, according to the Net News site. Unnamed Egyptian officials told the site that they were shocked by Netanyahu's indifference to the news and said the premier told the minister that the military was submerged in troubles in the West Bank. Over in a bunch of places in Canada, we got all these weird-ass statements like the Vancouver police, the attack against Israel, and the escalation of violence in the Middle East are a great concern to many people in our community. Not controversial yet. As we work with law enforcement partners and community leaders to ensure everyone's safety, you may see additional officers patrolling near some places of worship and community centers. There's currently no specific threat to public safety in Vancouver. This was one of many posts in Canada, including one by the mayor of Toronto, that were kind of implying that there were going to be Hamas-style attacks within your local city and or town. Hamas coming to a town or a city near you. 
apparently. Very similar to, like, have we learned nothing from the post-9-11 world where, you know, the local Muslim populations were consistently vilified uh, for the actions overseas of individuals that they had nothing to do with. And now suddenly, once again, it's like, well, th there may be local attacks coming. We're not entirely sure, but we just want to let you know we're staying vigilant and, uh, you know, we're, we're looking out for the community. Obviously, you should uh, be... Uh, concern about violence that is occurring overseas but don't use that as an opportunity now uh to start vilifying groups once again like we did in a post 9 11 world just absolutely blindly you know Pe people who weren't even muslim the sick community of canada uh you know m multiple people who had immigrated here from india were all getting consistently called uh the most vile names san n-words and stuff like that saying oh what are you all a bunch of terrorists are you all your terrorists when they had absolutely no connection whatsoever to anything that was even occurring simply because of the color of their skin uh if we're going to see a new escalation of that occurring once again uh it it's horrifying that we learn nothing from history like nothing, absolutely nothing. It, it, all of us, you know, five or six years out from a, a lot of the Patriot Act style uh, war on terror that was taking place in the United States began to realize the horrors and atrocities that so much of this vilification had caused. And then once again, boom, re reset without even thinking about it. This was a letter to Olivia Chow, who uh, had uh, made a bunch of posts similar to the ones that the Vancouver Police Department did about how we are deeply concerned about potential attacks that were going to occur on places of worship when there was absolutely no intelligence or, uh, you know, at least none that has been published so far to state that there was any reason for even mentioning such a thing. So, like, yes, a horrifying uh, act has been committed against civilians uh, in Israel, and that immediately is leading people to say, well, we, we want to remain vigilant to make sure that there will be no localized uh, Hamas actions uh, in our cities or towns, and that we are going to be monitoring places of worship to make sure that they aren't attacked. Um, so this was uh, an email to uh, Olivia Chow. Dear Mayor Chow, my name is Anna, and I'm a Jewish community member living in Toronto, as well as a member of the Independent Jewish Voices. I'm writing to you to know that I'm concerned about the City of Toronto Police Service's response to the rally tomorrow for Palestinian solidarity. Like all members of the city, the Palestinian community has a right to free assembly and free expression. So there was a bunch of, uh, you know, pro-Palestine liberation movement protests that took place uh, in cities across both Canada and the United States on Saturday. A monstrously huge one took place in New York. All of those protests in Canada were condemned by major political leaders across the board as being pro-Hamas protests, saying that we are rightfully disgusted at the support of the innocent slaughter of Israelis. And I was like, you are playing right into the propaganda's hands. Absolutely. So now we are already at a point and how fast that happened, where even being in protests in solidarity with Palestinian liberation is now seen as directly supporting the actions of individuals who are committing horrifying war crimes and, and directly associating the two. So now if you were to even consider wanting to go to one of those protests, you might double think it because, oh, no, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want pictures taken of me. I don't want to be seen. And Amongst those protests, by the way, were there uh, people who were known, uh, known controversial figures who had not been welcome at other Palestinian protests before because of the certain things they were saying, who attended and, and were uh, saying horrifying things that you now see on camera? Yes, there, there, there are clips that are being circulated by a lot of people being like, look at these disgusting people uh, supporting, uh, you know, the horrifying actions of Hamas. Meanwhile, these are individuals within a protest of sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of people, and they are the ones who are suddenly being the focus of when there are lots of people who are simply going there who are protesting for Palestinian liberation. But it doesn't matter now. 
it doesn't because effectively uh you know the the uh, the consent has been manufactured uh every single like i said anti-war right winger has suddenly become a full-fledged neocon and the liberals are looking to shame anyone uh as supporting uh terrorism uh if they are suddenly to speak out and say free palestine it's like what so so does that mean that you directly want to support and fund hamas is, is that what you're saying do you, do you not uh, disagree with the actions of hamas and in, in, indiscriminately uh bombing uh, civilians at a music festival do you think that was like awesome or something like that and obviously no killing civilians is horrifying and and uh, a war crime uh is is there music festivals being taking place right now in gaza or or are people in their homes and buildings getting bombed to the fucking ground and where is your outrage all year for that where where is the outrage at all it's not as if it's suddenly uh something that is occurring now now for the first time it's something that is occurring all year round where, where journalists are being killed indiscriminately where children are being murdered indiscriminately and and silence absolute silence because oh the fears of anybody coming out and making a post about that kind of stuff um like all members of the city, the Palestinian community has a right to free assembly and free expression. These rights are sacred in Canada and shall not be taken away based on one's ethnicity, race, country of origin, or religion. As you know, countless Palestinian lives, including women and children, have been lost in the last day and a half. There is much to mourn and much to gather about. I'm aghast at the city and the TPS would conflate the gathering of Palestinians as a threat to myself as a Jew and my Jewish community. This is racist uh, thinking couched in colonial settler Zionism. I will be at the rally tomorrow holding space with my Palestinian comrades. There will be families and children there. I invite to join and share in the community to see that Palestinians are not a threat. In in fact, it is Palestinians who are under threat from the increased police presence at this event, as well as the agitators. I did want to play this old clip by the late great Michael Brooks. It's still as prescient today as it always was. And is supported. So, or is so it's not a complex issue. That's the big thing. It's super simple. There's one group that has enormous power. It's the most powerful country in the Middle East. It's backed by the United States. It acts on another population of people with total impunity and is never held accountable for anything. So there's no symmetry in the relationship, period. And just as like a thought experiment, IDW people, if we know that if somehow a population of Jewish refugees ended up in West Bank in Gaza and an Arabic government in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv had an open-air prison in, in what, you know, Jewish Gaza, which they bombed with white phosphorus, they killed civilians indiscriminately, and they had no uh, provisions for medicine, they had an embargo that blocked food, that the electricity wasn't running, that there was an over 48% unemployment rate, life expectancy and malnutrition statistics were horrifying. The, uh, one of the major uh, policymakers in this hypothetical Arabic-Palestinian state said, we need to put those Jews on a diet. In the West Bank, there was another Jewish area where there was a little bit more autonomy, but there was regular Arabic settlements where they pulled up the Jewish farmers' foods, they terrorized them with rocks, the security forces broke children's bones, and they couldn't drive their own roads. We'd all have no problem understanding what that was. So there's nothing complex about it. The second part of your question, it's, it's a pure asymmetry relationship. And the question is rights or not. So that's it. It's not complicated. <sighs> I miss him. Sadly these, Sadly, these numbers are expected to rise as the attacks are ongoing and many remain unaccounted for. In addition, over 100, possibly more, Israelis, civilians and military have been reported captured by armed groups, including women, children and the elderly. Some are being held hostage inside Israel 
and many others have been taken inside the Gaza Strip. Meanwhile, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad have launched thousands of indiscriminate rockets that have reached central Israel, including Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Oh, by the way, Lola Ruled posted this today. There are over 1,000 Palestinians incarcerated in Israel without knowing why. With no charge, no pending trial, no available evidence against them, their lawyers don't know why they're being detained either. Israeli law allows this to occur and has for many years. I recognize the legitimate grievances of the Palestinian people. But nothing can justify these acts of terror and the killing, maiming, and abduction of civilians. I reiterate my call to immediately cease these attacks and release all hostages. I, I agree, nothing justifies it. But then why is it suddenly ignored all year round when it's happening to Palestinians? Is my question. My question for the UN and, and everyone taking that stance. In the face of these unprecedented attacks, Israeli airstrikes have pounded Gaza. I'm deeply alarmed by reports of over 500 yeah, Palestinians, including there. women and children, killed in Gaza and over 3,000 injured. Unfortunately, these numbers are rising by the minute as Israeli operations continue. While I recognize Israel's legitimate... Wasting two, thank you for the tier one. Uh, white evangelical Christians who want the destruction of both people and we use these events. Oh, yeah, please don't for a second think that if you're, uh, you know, as of uh, a couple days ago, less than a week ago, your anti-war right-winging crew who have all of a sudden become completely uh, dominated by, you know, hunger for war and, and, and now, you know, saber-rattling uh, in any way, shape, or form were ever anti-war. They, they were neocons pretending that they didn't like a specific war and that's always what it was they were always eager to go to war with iran always eager to go with war or potential conflict with china uh that's that's consistently what's what's in the background they they simply don't want to support ukraine that's that's always been where they come at this and now of course uh like all of their masks are off you know com completely removed and yeah when they say that they support israel and all its endeavors a lot of them especially the ones who are christian nationalists are are hoping that this is going to uh bring in revelations that that this is part of revelations and that you're witnessing it occurring in real time um which, again, is something so horrifying to think that could be a guiding compass for people who have large positions of power or any kind of uh, power and structure within the United States, the most powerful country on the earth right now, militarily, uh, because what will that end in? absolute and complete bloodshed. And, and obviously, Palestinians are the ones who are going to suffer the most in this. Security concerns... I also remind Israel that military operations must be conducted in strict accordance with international humanitarian law. Civilians must be respected and protected at all times. Civilian infrastructure must never be a target. But and we is. already have reports of Israeli missiles striking health facilities inside Gaza, as well as multi-storied residential towers and a mosque. Two UNRWA schools sheltering displaced families in Gaza were also hit. Some 137,000 people are currently sheltering in UNRWA facilities, with the number increasing as heavy shelling and airstrikes continue. I am deeply distressed by today's announcement that Israel will initiate a complete siege of the Gaza Strip, nothing allowed in, no electricity, food or fuel. To the, I'd say, easily the most like disgusting takes uh, I, I've been seeing propagated to are people trying to use either indigenous 
people living in North America as, as their rationalization for what is happening. Uh, people who I don't see promoting land back 24-7 on their accounts by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and, and a lot of them being, you know, white activists suddenly saying like, uh, well, this this is the justified slaughter of settlers, just, just like we would support in North America. It was like land back movements and indigenous people are not calling for the indiscriminate slaughter of civilians. And, and to try and associate the two is absolutely disgusting. The other one would be people trying to use the LGBTQ plus community as a shield for being like, well, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how much all of these, uh, you know, ACAB leftists feel when they find out how Palestinians want to treat uh, queer folk. And it's like, that that's also disgusting. Stop using marginalized communities as your shields to try and prove your points. Nothing could be more gross on a regular basis. Um, whether or not the, the Palestinian people uh, are as uh, open towards LGBTQ plus communities doesn't change the fact that they are currently being occupied in open air prisons where half the population is children. I don't think half the population is actively working right now to eliminate queer folk from the earth. I think they're worried about surviving every day or not trying to experience shell shock trauma and PTSD at the age of fucking 10. Like, it's such a disgusting way to try and frame all of this. Like, of course, the Matt Walsh's of the world, the, the, the disgusting ass white supremacist bigots that they are, are going to try and use this as an excuse to try and attack trans people. In what fucking world do you see something like this take place? And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I, I, here's my in. Here's my angle. I got it. I, I'm I'm picking it apart. And and in the opposite direction, yeah, indigenous people are asking for land back because it is a justifiable cause and it is a righteous one. It is one that is in large part when it comes to the Supreme Courts in Canada, one that is showing victories for indigenous people because yes, in many cases, it is rightfully their land. All crown land should be going back to indigenous people. The, the land won by indigenous people, they are not asking. The Squamish Nation didn't just suddenly decide in Vancouver that they want to uh, slaughter every European-based white civilian uh, in response to that, they're building, uh, uh, what is it, low-income apartments uh, for, for people to, to live in. Land back movements uh, mean that the land should be under the control of the rightful indigenous uh, people. That, that to whom that land belongs that's what land back movements are all, all of this is, is is consistently just like why do you try and take people and use them as shields in your in your metaphors or allegories or or, or, or points you, you can be disgusted or horrified by what you see without having to try and level it in that form the humanitarian situation in gaza was extremely dire before these hostilities now it will only deteriorate exponentially. Medical equipment, food, fuel, and other humanitarian supplies are desperately needed, along with access for humanitarian personnel. Relief and entry of essential supplies into Gaza must be facilitated, and the UN will continue efforts to provide aid to respond to these needs. And I urge all sides and the relevant parties to allow United Nations access to deliver urgent humanitarian assistance to Palestinian civilians trapped and helpless in the Gaza Strip. And I appeal to the international community to mobilize immediate humanitarian support for this effort. The UN Special Coordinator and I are engaging with leaders in the region to express our concern, our outrage, and to advance efforts to avoid any spillover to the wider Middle East even in these worst of times, and perhaps especially in the most trying moments, it is vital to look to the long-term horizon 
and avoid irreversible action that would embolden extremists and doom any prospects for lasting peace. This most recent violence does not come in a vacuum. The reality is that it grows out of a long-standing conflict with a 56-year-long occupation and no political end in sight. It's time to end this vicious circle of bloodshed, hatred and polarization. Israel must see its legitimate needs for security materialized, and Palestinians must see a clear perspective for the establishment of their own state realized. Only a negotiated peace that fulfills the legitimate national aspirations of Palestinians and Israelis, together with their security alike, the long-held vision of a two-state solution in line with the United Nations resolutions, international law. I feel like I'm in a very narrow cross-section of pro-Ukraine and pro-Palestine. Well, I mean, like, a lot of a lot of people were fronting that that was exactly their guiding compass, that they, they were against, uh, you know, illegal occupations or, you know, any form of colonization or imperialism uh, across the board. But it is, in, in my opinion, very selective uh, and unfortunately very selective in how it's and uh, how it's applied. And previous agreements can bring long term stability to the people of this land and the wider Middle East region. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. That was uh, a speech given by the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. He was addressing the situation there in Gaza and Israel, saying he's deeply concerned by events, recognizes the grievances on both sides, but calls for an end to attacks from both sides. Let's bring in Shihab Ratansi. He's live for us at the United Nations. Shihab, what Guterres was saying is pretty much in line, isn't it, with what one would expect to hear from the United Nations. Right, but you, I know you just missed the, the, word, the beginning of that statement. So just to just to summarise what, what he said, he said he he just concluded an extraordinary meeting of senior UN leaders to discuss the unprecedented developments in Israel and the occupied Palestinian territory. And then he repeated what he said was his quote utter condemnation of the abhorrent attacks by Hamas and others against Israeli towns and villages. And I think then you kind of pretty much mm. you pretty much caught up with with the statement, as you say. Yes, what what does the UN Security the Secretary General do. He repeats the the importance of international humanitarian law, he, the, the the need for proportionality, and the Geneva Conventions to be respected. At a time, though, he's he's doing this though when clearly the Israelis and the Israeli Defense Ministry have already said they are going to intensify the siege of Gaza. The defense the, the defense minister in Israel called the Palestinians animals. So clearly this is directly a violation already of international law, international humanitarian law and proportionality. But, but we saw there the Secretary General then sort of balancing things out by saying, well, we're very concerned about the siege. We want to continue UN deliveries into, into Gaza. But meanwhile, even the Palestinians' aspirations, uh, you know, while, um, while legitimate security, uh, legitimate um, legitimate grievances, they can't justify acts of terror towards Israel as well. So it's kind of classic UN Secretary General, even as we see the utter flouting of everything that the United Nations actually stands for. And Shihab, what about the UN Security Council? That's what we're hearing from the Secretary General. What are we hearing from the Council? 
Nothing now, nothing today. We did so have that far. meeting, those closed consultations on on Sunday. And it was striking though. But again, it's one of those things where like, at what point is international condemnation and, and solidarity to stop bloodshed going to uh, occur? Uh, how far is, is, you know, are the bombings going to go? How many Palestinian, you know, children and, and, and non-combatants will die until it's an international uh okay enough is enough right at, at how how long will that take um and, and and in the meantime again it's it's, it's going to be a moment where even even speaking out even going to protests right now pro-palestinian protests uh people are saying that those are pro-hamas protests and so it's disgusting that if you're a part of those protests and you're speaking out against you know the if you're simply there to, to be in solidarity against uh you know the the bombing campaigns that are taking place then by implication you are now supporting hamas this is this is by design this is exactly what uh you know the israeli government uh is looking to seek is is to get um you know unwavering support for their actions even if it is you know uh involved in ethnic cleansing or apartheid uh to, to get support for those actions and and you know it, the, the horrifying things that can take place all year round uh and, and again the, the majority silence that comes from politicians that that is all considered acceptable you know that 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 is all considered uh that is not something that people speak about that's not that's not something people get outraged about that's not something people that 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 you know gets international condemnation on this scale um and then something horrifying like this happens and and every single uh western government is 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 more than eager to show unwavering support uh in israel and all its actions and not and not just governments by the way just people you can see how fast the the, the consent manufactured overnight that we've got Luke Skywalker, you know, Mark Hamill uh, posting, uh, uh, you know, flags and saying, I stand with Israel, we stand with Israel and, and getting 50,000 likes and then thousands upon thousands of retweets. And, and some of the replies being like, that really seems like you kind of missed the point of the films. But, you know, here we are. Whom we heard from, we heard from the U.S. ambassador who had a very different message to the U.N. Secretary General. His message was pretty much just the green light for the U.S., for Israel to do anything it basically wants. We heard from the Israeli ambassador to the U.N. who wasn't at those closed consultations, who said that all of Gaza was part of the Hamas war machine and would now be a target. We heard from the Palestinian mission, which said effectively, we've been warning you about this might happen. The Palestinians are going to try and achieve their aspirations by one way or another. We kept on saying, Give, let's go the peaceful route. It's still not too late for the peaceful route. But, you know, we did warn you over and over again here. And we heard from the Chinese and Russians, the Chinese saying it would be good to have a Security Council statement. They're against any violence against That's civilians. The Russians saying, look, this is just a, a result of D decades of U.S.'s stewardship of the Middle East peace process. We need an immediate ceasefire and we need immediate negotiations. So it's interesting. And the UAE actually also spoke, the ambassador there, who, who said, look, we want an end to the violence and an end to attacks on civilians. So those who chose to speak in the main, who weren't either the Israelis or the U.S., were, were, were saying we need to pause against in the violence. But the U.S. and Israel clearly had, had a completely different message. So, like I said, uh, probably one of the worst websites to be on during all this was what has, you know, what, what husk is left of Twitter. Uh, and we had the owner of the website who has been taking a very far right, massively public turn uh, 
and saying that the two accounts you should be following in real time, apparently. For following the war in real time, check out at War Monitors and at Scent Defender. They're good. It is also worth following direct sources on the ground. Please add interesting options in the replies below. I have never seen more fake news propagated and retweeted as as within the last like 24 hours of uh, the initial attacks by Hamas uh, that that were just free flowing on this website. It, it has become the easily the biggest source for disinformation on the internet. Um, and and he's promoting two massively anti-Semitic disinformation accounts here. In, in real time as well. Um, you know, Matt Binder did a good job of trying to track down a lot of the old things that they put. Here we have War Monitor, official check mark, saying this. Here we have, once again, War Monitor saying this. So these are the accounts that the owner of the website, Elon Musk, was promoting as good sources of information on the ground. Um, absolutely, you know, obviously disgusting and horrifying that uh, Elon Musk has is, is not only changed this website into what it is, uh, but is again promoting disinformation in real time, anti-Semitic disinformation at that. And again, that plays into the, the what we were talking about earlier, when you see a lot of um, big uh, accounts who happen to be right-wingers or Christians currently stating that, like, hey, by the way, we're we're completely in support of Israel right now, um, when, you know, they, they could also be deeply anti-Semitic themselves, which is one of the most fucked up things where they always try to, uh, you know, state that, uh, or, or, or put into the same sentence, Jewish people, the Israeli government, one and the same. Like, that shit to me is deeply anti-Semitic, but you'll see them promoting that kind of stuff on a repeated basis. Hamas has said the group is on the verge of a great victory after its incursion into Israeli territory. Political leader Ismail Haniya has blamed the violence squarely on Israel's occupation of Palestinian land. For another Palestinian viewpoint, I wanted to bring in Dr. Mustafa Barghouti. He is a former information minister for the Palestinian government, which is in control of parts of the West Bank but does not control Gaza. Uh, Welcome, Minister. I again want to just make sure that viewers understand that the Palestinian Authority has been an opponent of Hamas, so you are not in any way affiliated with Hamas. You represent the Palestinian Authority, uh, which has control over parts of the West yeah, Bank. All that agree. said, what is your reaction to what you have seen so far? Well, first of all, I am not uh, part of the Palestinian Authority, as a matter of fact. I represent a democratic Palestinian movement called Palestinian National Initiative, which is non-Fatah and non-Hamas. And we're, uh, we're uh, of course, I am not affiliated with Hamas. But I think this situation uh, that has evolved is a direct result of the continuation of the longest occupation in modern history. Israeli occupation of Palestinian land since uh, 1967. This is 56 years of occupation that has transformed into a system of apartheid, a much worse apartheid than what prevailed in South Africa. Uh, yes, uh, maybe Hamas did not recognize Israel, but the PLO did and the Palestinian Authority did. What did they get? Nothing. Since 2014, the Israeli governments would not even meet with Palestinians. And what you see today is a reaction to several things. First of all, settlers' terrorist attacks on Palestinians in the West Bank that has evicted already 20 communities in an act of ethnic cleansing. 248 Palestinians who were killed by the Israeli army and settlers in the West Bank, including 40 children. Attacks on the holy sites, the Muslim and Christian holy sites by Israeli extremists. 
as well as declaration of Netanyahu that he will liquidate the Palestinian rights and the Palestinian cause by normalization with Arab countries. And he dared even to go to the United Nations and carried in the United Nations a map of Israel, which included the whole of the West Bank, all of Gaza, all of Jerusalem, as well as the Golan Heights. He declared the annexation of the occupied territories. So, of course, Palestinians turn to resistance because they see that this is the only way for them to get their rights. The question here is not about dehumanizing Palestinians as is happening and calling them terrorists. It's about asking the question, why the United States supports Ukraine in fighting what they call occupation, while here they are supporting the occupier who continues to occupy us? <laughs> but but let me ask you if the, if that is the the analogy you wish to draw, um, the what Hamas is doing is they are targeting Israeli civilians, women, children, grandmothers. No, they are not. Uh, is that is that is that not a classic terror? Isn't that classic terrorism? They're not fighting the Israeli government. They're fighting ordinary people. That's one way of putting it, but it's not true. I think Hamas mainly attacked military establishments, military installations. And most of the people they, they have arrested and uh, taken as uh, pres- war, uh, war well, presidents are military true. people. I do not accept attacking any civilian. Uh, uh, I do not accept that Israelis attack our civilians. But look at what Israeli planes are doing now in Gaza. They, they are bombarding houses. They're bringing down to earth, and you've shown, you've shown that yeah, you on, your, uh, on your screen. Uh, whole apartments, whole buildings, high-rise buildings are brought down to the ground, and we already are reporting, uh, receiving uh, reports about families who are killed. Uh, nine people in one family, ten people in another family, including children. I do not want any civilian to be hurt, neither by Palestinians or by Israelis. But the question is how to end that. Will it end by attacking? I think I think Gaza a better Strip? response would have been that, like, you know, stick by his initial statement. I don't support any indiscriminate killing of civilians, and obviously it's horrifying that that just took place. But why has the world turned a blind eye to that happening to Palestinians every day of the year, right? Three hundred sixty-five days of the year, and everything that is consistently happening in Gaza, the West Bank, you know, that that is something where you don't get the eyes of the world in international condemnation. They're just considered military operations uh, for the most part and accepted. Another time, Israel has already conducted five wars on Gaza. One of them lasted 51 days. They destroyed everything. This did not stop Hamas, did not stop resistance. There is one way to stop any violence, and that is to end the Israeli occupation. And that is for the United States to be fair. They cannot say that Israel has the right to defend itself, but we, the Palestinians, don't have the right to defend ourselves. Let me remind you with the case of Shirin Abu Akli, who was not only Palestinian, but also an American, a very peaceful journalist. She was shot to death by an Israeli sniper. Was anybody indicted? Was anybody taken to court? No. 52 other journalists were also killed. Our first aid providers are shot at. Our doctors are shot at. This should stop. And the only way to stop it is to tell Israel, you have to respect international law, you have to end this illegal occupation, and accept Palestinians as equal human beings.
Let me ask you about the practical reality of what's going to happen here, uh, which you know because you've lived through this, which is uh, this is going to strengthen right-wing forces in Israel. It is going to strengthen the, the forces that say uh, have no mercy, have a you know, huge military response. Presumably, the life of Palestinians in the West Bank will get harder, more checkpoints, more uh, searches. Uh, isn't the practical effect here of all this going to be much worse for the average Palestinian? Unfortunately, uh, Farid, what you have described is exactly what we already have. Uh, today, the whole West Bank is paralyzed by 560 military Israeli checkpoints. And these checkpoints were there during the last 30 years. We are uh, suffering from a wall that is built on our land. The whole West Bank has been divided in 224 small ghettos separated from each other. And the settlers are everywhere attacking Palestinians. Uh, you speak about right-wing government in Israel. Already Israel is a right-wing government. Israel is already having fascists in its government. Smotrich described himself as a fascist homophobe. And that man, Smotrich, who is also a settler, said that Palestinians have one of three options only, either to immigrate or accept a life of subjugation to Israelis or die. This is the Israeli minister of finance, Netanyahu never negated these statements. And both Smotrich and Bingvir said that their plan is to annex the West Bank. Can we stop this, what's going on now? Yes, of course. All these Israelis who are now in Gaza can be released tomorrow, including everybody. If there are civilians, also the civilians, even the generals of the Israeli army can be released if Israel also accepts to release our 5,300 Palestinian prisoners who are in Israeli jails, including 1,260 Palestinians who are in jail without knowing why, under the so-called administrative detention. They don't know why they are arrested. They are not charged. Their lawyers don't know why they are arrested. And that's the life we have. Look, uh, Farid, we have lived all our lives under occupation. My father lived under occupation. My daughter is living under occupation. We want a time when we, the Palestinians, will be free. Hamas was not there 30 years ago or 40 years ago. But before that, PLO was described as terrorist. Any Palestinian who struggles for his right or for freedom is described as terrorist. And the question here, do we have the right to struggle for freedom? Do we have the right to struggle for real democracy? Do we have the right to have normal democratic elections, which unfortunately Israel and the United States don't support? I think we are entitled to that. But the unfortunate thing, if we struggle in a military form, we are terrorists. If we struggle in a nonviolent way, we are described as violent. If we even resist with words, we are dis described as provocators. All right, everyone, let's support just chat. Chill down, okay? Like, honestly, the, the ability to actually have any kind of discussion related to these issues is destroyed because, yes, everyone's angry, sad, and scared. All of us, myself included. No one, no one likes to watch this and watch and continue to just, you know... It's it's like a, a like a snowball effect. How it continues to go and become louder and, and and more angry. And everyone wants to to scream at something. Don't scream at each other. It is true. Yes, condemn uh, the innocent slaughter of civilians. Absolutely, unequivocally. No no question about that. But 
contextualize the entire conflict while doing so and recognizing that that is happening to Palestinians on a daily basis with no help or eyes of the world or support, right? That, that's, that's the situation. Palestinian and you are a foreigner, they describe you as anti-Semite. And Roller, you don't have to, you know, tart, give in to the, or start joining in and, and, and yelling at the other chatters. Like, just let, let people absorb the news. And if you are a Jewish person, and there are many of those who support Palestinian cause, they call him self-hating Jew. This should end. It doesn't make sense. We should all have equal life. We should all have peace. We should all have justice. And we should all live in dignity. The main way to achieve that is to end occupation, end the system of apartheid that I am sure no Jewish person can be proud of. Time has come for that, and time has come for justice and freedom. If we achieve that, there will be no violence, and nobody will be hurt. Yeah, that was a surprising interview for CNN to have aired, of all places. Defense for Children Palestine says each year 500 to 700 children are arrested and prosecuted in Israeli military courts. And since 2010, Israel has carried out 36 demolitions targeting 20 schools in the occupied West Bank, including occupied East Jerusalem. Uh, Mohammed Abu Mugaysib is the deputy medical coordinator in Gaza for Doctors Without Borders, and he explains how dire the situation is. It's like there is collateral of course, uh, injuries and, I mean, mainly innocent people who are actually uh, civilians who are uh, uh, bypassing or uh, uh, living near the targeted uh, area. Uh, the situation is, uh, I can say, it's a mix uh, in the intensity of uh, 2014 uh, uh, military uh, war and uh, 2021. The intensity of both now and this in this uh, uh, in this last three days, uh, I witnessed uh, as MSF, as working with MSF, the several war in Gaza. This is 103 days that I never saw this kind of uh, really intensity and uh, number of casualties. The hospitals are uh, uh, coping with their maximum. The operating room, they are operating, I mean, uh, 24 hours of, I mean, seven, let's say. It's, it's really uh, a very difficult uh, uh, situation in the, as well in the uh, public hospital. Since, I mean, even before the war, the hospital, the electricity was, uh, it was uh, eight hours per, uh, per, I mean, every eight hours, eight hours, and eight hours, and or cut. So, I mean, imagine, I mean, they were used to use the generators as a backup, but mm. now they will are using the generators for, I mean, for 24 hours. Uh, there is a cut in the electricity, there is uh, as well now cut in the telecommunication and internet is in several areas. Uh, uh, I think in a few days, if uh, uh, things will not be uh, uh, calm and or at least uh, to have a humanitarian uh, hours or uh, days, I think the situation will collapse. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says that the strikes on Gaza have only just begun. He also said that a number of Palestinian gunmen are still inside Israel. I'm confirming that we have started attacking Hamas. What you're seeing is just the beginning. We have killed many of those fighters. Every place where Hamas is active and working will be completely destroyed, and we will continue to intensify operations. All of Gaza. The Israeli, the, is sending, the Israeli military are sending reinforcements to southern Israel.
It's calling up 300,000 reservists and is preparing for a major assault. The military is reporting that it has retaken control of border towns which were overrun by Hamas fighters. The army says some isolated fighting is ongoing, however. I have ordered a complete siege on the Gaza Strip. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we act accordingly. Half the population right, let's get is more on the latest in Israel. Sarah Chayrat is live in West Jerusalem for us. Uh, Sarah, we were listening a little while ago to that speech by the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He called for national unity. What can you tell us? Yeah, he called for national unity and um, there's a few other strong statements that he made. He said uh, that this is only the beginning. Uh, he also said that uh, and confirmed that they will be intensifying these attacks in the coming days. But also what he added is what we uh, do in those coming days will resonate for generations. A lot of streamers are avoiding this topic. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a fucking no-win topic. If you start discussing it and you start describing how horrified you are at the atrocities and the war crimes they'll be like well which ones do you support Hamas do you support what Hamas did and it's like absolutely not no I'm not here to say it's a good thing to suddenly bomb civilians non-combatants in fact I condemn that I'm here to point out that like year round it seems no one talks about this it seems to be radio silence on this topic uh, democracy now being one of the few outlets in the US that continues year-long coverage of like the atrocities that are enacted upon Palestinians but there is no outrage in the other direction there, there is no one saying that like wow those those you know the indiscriminate murder of children disgusts me and then it's like well what what are world governments doing they're, they're directly supporting the israeli government in these projects to come i mean this is an all-out war of course never seen uh, on this scale before in this way and um, there are concerns obviously with um, what's going on not just in gaza but with the border with lebanon and he's definitely sending a message not just to hit the public but to um, those in around the world especially when he mentioned in that same speech that he's also uh, receiving a lot of support uh, from uh, from the international community but really namely the Western uh, politicians or Western countries um, now what's really also important to uh, note is that um, clearly we have seen a slight change in tide I would say in the last 24 hours initially their most important priority was securing uh, for them that southern uh, border Israel was trying to take uh, back some of those towns that uh, Palestinian Hamas fighters had entered. Um, they, there had been uh, many of those fighters still roaming the streets. Now, what we do know from uh, today is that, according uh, to the Israeli military, um, they managed to get rid of um, any of those fighters. Um, they've said that they've managed to clear them out. Um, the and um, they've also uh, managed to evacuate like, uh, people like along um, that and within those southern towns. Not everyone decided to leave, and they said that they'll have to respect that. Um, but that kind of just lays the ground um, for what could come uh, uh, moving forward. Um, you know, there is talk as to whether um, they will be sending troops in. You have 300,000 reservists that are uh, have been mobilized, and this is the largest number of firsts uh, for Israel in its 75-year history. Yeah, according to the UN's own statistics in the Gaza Strip right now, 
47% moderate and severe food insecurity within households. So nearly half of all households have moderate or severe food insecurity. Um, uncovering energy needs. Uh, they only get about seven hours of energy per day when it wasn't being shut down prior to that. Uh, 3% potable piped water. So 1.3 million people need humanitarian assistance on a regular basis. And then nearly half of all those people are children. As a country, um, to uh, to uh, call uh, all of these uh, reservists, some who live abroad, some within the country, and some that uh, served previously and remained on that registry uh, list. So that just kind of gives you an indication. Also, with all of the equipment that the, the uh, rather the tanks that seem to be heading to the border, and it all seems to be heading in one direction. This is going to be so horrifying. And, and like, honestly, there's going to be so much blood spilled before finally there's international. All right, we need a ceasefire. Things have gone too far. Uh, Means TV, the worker co-op uh, streaming site. Basically, if you want a worker cooperative alternative to Netflix, uh, you can check out means.tv. Uh, they just released completely for free their Abby Martin documentary on Gaza. I was going to watch a little bit of it. It's an hour and 20 minutes long, so I'll be watching the whole thing. But go support Means and go support Abby Martin's work. Chad, I'm an active member of Vets for Peace. I was on board an aircraft carrier that the Marines were sent into Iran. The reason I haven't commented much every time war is talked about is it triggers my PTSD. Chad, you don't know what it feels like to experience it. I was working at the Sam's next to Walmart shootings. I was walking when I heard that horrid sound that every vet hates. Like, you know, I, I can be the first person uh, to, to say that, yeah, I've, I've never known war. And I hope to never know war. You know, every every single person who suddenly gets incredibly excited at international conflicts, suddenly thinking like, "Yeah, I, I want to be a hero. I want to I want to join. And I want I want to I want to go and and battle these these evil forces overseas and, and and live the dream." Every single veteran I've ever spoken to will tell you nonstop about the horrors of war. There 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 is no moral war. There are no moral war actions. It, it, it deprives all people of humanity. The training itself, even in in boot camp is to try and remove your humanity from you because you will be a much better soldier if you're capable of following orders on command. And, and every time I see that, I'm, I'm, I'm so shocked and horrified that like there's all these young people who suddenly think like oh wow i could i could be a hero i can enlist and i can i can join in in, in this and I, I i can be a liberator and all this kind of shit when it's like have, have you listened or interviewed veterans like they, they consistently talk about how you just never get to turn that life off it, it there is no you're done now you retire now you enter the normal workforce it's it's like you are now in a, a quasi state of hyper vigilance and fear like it, it sounds absolutely horrifying. ينفد من غزة لأنها غزة ما صارتش غزة غزة صارت دمار وخراب ديار للغاية 
يعني بس اسم غزه اسم هيكل عظمي اما يعني ناس يعني متنيه مبسوطه فرحانه ما فيش لان الشعب الفلسطيني في وضع كرب اسرائيل ضغط عليه حصار من شقه تموت من شقه يعني احنا مش تحيرين من وين نتلقاها شو يعني بيعاني من نزيق الخلق ومنزيق المعيشه غير شكل يعني الناس بتنام الناس بتنام انا بنامش كثر ما بفكر يعني بعد مرات بكسر الدار بحرق الاخضرين من ضيق الخلق اليهود من شقه الحصار من شقه الدور المهدمه من شقه العصر الفقيره من شقه يعني الشعب متحي فهي يعني الحصار بهدلنا ما خلاش يعني بنادم يعني اكثريه العائلات سوء الوضع تبعهم من اسوء لاسوء This is the furthest you're allowed to get from Gaza. Putting your feet in the water on the sands of their coast is the outermost border you can touch without permission from the Israeli military. Most will never be permitted to leave. Trapped in this place, which is suffering one of the worst humanitarian crises in the world, you find much more than misery. You find happiness, love, and joy. Yet Gaza is not defined by how it copes with oppression, but by its struggle for freedom. Gaza finds itself at the center of international controversy, as in the past, because civilians are being killed. In okay, I'm just going to pause it here because I don't know if they're going to start showing stuff that's obviously uh, against TOS. But Means TV uh, has put out Gaza Fights for Freedom uh, uh, in its full for free if you want to check it out. Uh, it was made by Abby Martin. Uh, here is the link. And if you're interested in subscribing to Means TV, again, you'd be supporting a worker cooperative uh, streaming site. Uh, that is what it is. Just been handed the statement that Joe Biden has put out just in the last few minutes where he confirms that the number of dead Americans has now gone up to 11. He describes this as not some distant tragedy and says that there may be missing Americans still there who have been taken uh, into Gaza during what happened over the first 24 hours of the crisis that has developed there. Uh, he said that they are working closely at all levels of government with the Israelis and he will give the Israelis what they need to defend themselves and he can condemned uh, terrorism in every form. Uh, it's a very brief, it's actually not a very brief statement, it's, it's quite a lengthy statement as you can see. Uh, people are saying that they expected to see Joe Biden in front of camera more often, but this is a response to that, obviously. But the confirmation just in the last few minutes that the number of dead Americans is 11. And we've heard from the NSA, the National Security Agency, uh, over the last couple of days, and they expect that number to increase. Mm. Okay, what is the U.S doing 
not, I was, I was going to say doing about this. That's the wrong, the wrong way to phrase it. Um, what have been the last moves by the U.S.? Well, diplomatically, they're working with the likes of uh, the Turkish government and also the Saudis uh, to try and free uh, the, the, what they describe as the civilian hostages that are being held, uh, and they're hoping to, to, to move that process forward. They are also calling for an end to uh, the violence. In fact, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, put out a tweet early on Monday on the, the forum formerly known as, as Twitter when he called for a, a ceasefire. Uh, and that was immediately taken down, almost immediately taken down when he was criticized for that because they said, look, the, the Israelis still have the right to defend. Calling for a ceasefire and it was immediately taken down. And themselves and also to avenge what has happened. Uh, so that perhaps gives it uh, some idea of the thinking. Uh, but, but in the uh, Biden administration. But militarily, they're obviously supporting Israel uh, very clearly by, first of all, moving a carrier group into uh, the, the Mediterranean and closer uh, to Israel. Uh, that is an aircraft carrier and, and five ships. They're moving more mm -hmm. aircraft into the area as well. They have said several times this should be a warning to anyone who wants to exploit uh, what is going on in Israel at the moment, who may be enemies of Israel. Uh, and they have said that they will get... Yeah, so the people saying that um, uh, the people in Gaza elected Hamas, uh, according to Media San, there hasn't been an election in Gaza for 17 years. Give them the resources they need, including equipment and munitions. One of the things I was told that they're, they're looking for is to replenish uh, the interceptors on the Iron Dome system. And we've seen, again, more rockets being fired from Gaza. So you can see that diplomatically and militarily, uh, they may be at odds, but certainly the U.S. is hoping that they can influence events on the ground and hopefully the return of the American citizens that may, they can't confirm there are any, but they hope they'll be able to return any American citizens that are currently being held and perhaps support the Israelis with what they know is going to come in the next few days with the mobilization of the reservists as we've seen. All right, Al Shazira's Alan Fisher reporting there from Washington, D.C. Israel just bombed Gaza's main tele telecommunications companies, Patel, uh, Paltel, causing internet and phone signal blackouts in, in a lot of the enclave. Uh, apparently it has zero connections to Hamas or other groups, but now it is deliberately being targeted. Well, that's it from me for this hour. You can find more information on our website. AlJazeera.com. Up next is weather. Then Inside Story will examine what Israel's next move might be in Gaza, as well as the fallout of this ongoing war. Stay with AlJazeera. Like, that, that's got to be one of the most depressing things to hear, that if a politician is coming out asking for a ceasefire, is immediately getting tons of backlash, being like, how dare you at this time call for something like a ceasefire or a peaceful resolution to this? This this is, uh, you know, uncalled for. Like, well, then, fuck, what, what hope is there if politicians in other nations can't even call for that at this point? If, if it's just like, you just got to stand back and, and you know, uh, allow Israel to do what it's going to do until it reaches a certain point of foreign atrocity. And then at that point, yeah, we can reopen the conversation about whether or not there should be a ceasefire in the region. Do you enjoy the SERPs but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form. Available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast.
Thank you so much for watching, everybody. This show is produced by amazing people like you. And if you want to help us out, please consider donating over at patreon.com slash the surfs. The show is made possible thanks to Amazing Fletch, Anna Loves Riley, Ariane McCarthy, Cheryl Alvarez, Doug Cady, Everything Important, Hegbard Celine, Lamedia Panza, Matthew Scarborough, Multimondi, Omni, Peanut Butter Blondie, Political Papi, Quiet185, Rachel K, Riley and Anna, Roller Dragon, Ruby K, Sir Nickus, Spinach Monster, Stellar Vision, Sebastian Demel, Tech Tink, Trevbot EXE, Words Greenwood, and not to mention all of the amazing and fabulous people you now see before you.